welcome to the What's Your Niche or Niche podcast. I am Jessica Rodriguez, and I am a podcast manager, producer, editor, launch specialist, and pretty much anything that has to do with podcasts, I do it. In this podcast, you will learn directly from the experts on how they decided on their niche. They are going to take you through their journey, provide some great advice on how to discover your true calling, and they will provide you with some actionable steps to follow when selecting your specialty. Are you ready to find your niche? Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the What's Your Niche podcast. I am very, very excited to have Ryan Dowdy here with me today. Ryan is a community builder and expert in sales. She built multiple seven-figure businesses of her own and helped hundreds of women successfully build the six and seven-figure businesses of their dreams. Women have been drawn to her program, not only for her incredible expertise, but also for the community and connection opportunities they find themselves missing in their everyday lives. Today, as founder of Be In The Room, Ryan's mission is to create a space for women to come together and be fearlessly themselves while empowering the next generation of female leaders. Welcome, Ryan. I'm very excited to interview you today. I am so excited excited to be here, Jessica. Thank you for having me. Yes. I met Ryan through the Free Mama community, and I also had the pleasure of listening to you speak at the Free Mama Live this past March. So I loved how you walked on the stage to the song, I'm Worth It. So I'm worth it. I got it know the exact title, but I love that. I was like, oh my gosh. And then you looked amazing with that. I think it was like a leather kind of shirt or something like that. You looked like, you looked (laughs) amazing out there. Your memory is so good. (laughs) And you looked amazing. Yes, because I loved your speech. I really did. I was like, oh, you just like, you know, opened up things that I hadn't realized when you were talking. I was like, oh yeah, I guess really that's how we should look at this and everything. But we'll get into that. So uh, it was really hard for me to prepare this interview, honestly, because there's so much I want you to share with my audience. Sure. So, but before we get started, I need to ask you something. The name of my podcast is What's Your Niche? Do yeah. you say niche or do you say niche? I say niche. I love to ask everybody because everybody, sure. people are very passionate about the way that they say it. Okay. I want you to start by telling me why you decide to start an online business and how you got started in the online world and is what you're doing right now, what you started out doing when you first began. Yeah. So it was actually Lauren. So Lauren Golden. So I know Lauren in real life. Lauren and I worked together at the Kansas City Star back in, I think it was 2010, 2011. And I watched Lauren want, launch the Free Mama community right after I had my first son. Um, so my son is now five. He started kindergarten this year. And so I was watching her launch this and I reached out to her. We hadn't spoken in years. I'm like, what are you doing? She told me, I was like, oh, no, no, I, I cannot be a virtual assistant. I don't have the attention to detail for that. <laughs> I was like, that's not for me, but thanks. But through that, she really opened my mind up to entrepreneurship because I spent my entire career in sales. And to me, entrepreneurship meant like owning a business, like a brick and mortar business. Like I didn't know about online entrepreneurship. I didn't really know about consulting as a whole, just, you know, totally different approach to business. So that's really how I I learned about online entrepreneurship. And really the motivation came from, you know, I'd spent 15 years in the corporate career. I'd finally landed my, my dream job at the age of 34, had a kid, had my first kid, like life was really amazing. And I just woke up one morning and I was like, this can't be it. Like this is cannot be all that God put me on this planet to do. And at the time, Jessica, I really just thought it was an industry change, right? I'd been selling marketing and advertising in some way, shape or form for 15 years. So I was like, maybe I just need to do something else. So I still didn't even really set out to start a business, but then I learned about the online space and the expert market and the ability to leverage experience that I had in spades, that companies have invested, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in me to learn 
people would pay me for that. And I was like, say what? This is so wild. So, um, so this is kind of my journey to getting into, to entrepreneurship and no, I mean, my business is like anything like it did in the beginning. <laughs> I really don't play too much in the sales space anymore. I still do still do some like consulting. You know, I have a handful of like one-on-one clients and stuff, but it's gotten a little bit bigger than that. I don't just touch on the sales aspect anymore, but now I run a community, as you shared in my bio, I run a community called Be In The Room, which we call a, a peer-led conscious leadership collective, um, which is just a really amazing space for smart, high-achieving, successful women to come together and have open, honest conversations about both the challenges and the wins that come along with entrepreneurship and being successful and you know, being an achiever that a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, yeah. And and I know that you've totally shifted and I'll, I want to get into that in a little yeah. bit. But before we do that, I want to go back to your sales world, which I know you still do touch on that. Sure. But something that seems to be misunderstood is the difference between marketing and sales. Yep. So I love how you describe sales as a transfer of inspiration. So I have a background in engineering. So that was my degree in engineering. And when I hear sales and marketing or business, I kind of just clump it all together because that's what I think of as one thing. But uh, can you tell me what the difference is between marketing and sales and what you mean by the transfer of inspiration? Yeah, I love that question. Thank you. So for me, the difference between you know sales, so they say that sales is the exchange of a product or service for money, right? Like the, the, the Webster definition of sales is the exchange of a product or service for money. Right. So to me, that is sales. I offer you a service, you pay me. Marketing is getting people's attention. Marketing is letting people know that you're good at what you do. Marketing is engaging and building a community. Like that is marketing. Sales is when we actually exchange cash. And for if you're a freelance or a service provider like you are, Jessica, right? Like that's typically done in some sort of conversation. You know, a discovery call, a consultation, whatever that looks like for your business. Maybe if you're a coach or a consultant, maybe you do different sorts of launches or webinars. But to me, it's like you market the webinars, right? You market them. You say, hey, come sign up, watch my webinar. And then on that webinar, you actually sell them something. You actually ask them for money. Um, so for me, I think they're, they're very, very different things because you can sell without ever marketing, right? I could go out, build a relationship, meet somebody new, say, oh, you have the problem that I solve here. Let me solve it for you without ever creating a piece of marketing through, you know, through meeting people at a networking event, at a cocktail party, at a neighborhood barbecue, right? Like there's so many different ways to do that. And I think that's the piece that people get really confused about. So when I say that sales is a transfer of inspiration, what I mean for by that is really, you know, I always say that sales for us is not about talking people into doing business with us, right? Like I don't think of sales and sales conversations as a convincing or a persuasive thing to do. I feel like my job in a sales conversation is to, you know, really understand somebody's needs, wants, and desires and help them get what they want, right? Are they going to get it through me? That's totally up to them, right? If I can help them grow their business or I can help them be, you know, feel like they're part of a community. I, I love doing that. But so for me, I have to believe in what I do. I have to be inspired about that solution I can provide for that person to say yes, right? Because there's hundreds of people in the world that can probably solve their problem, right? Why are they going to buy from me? It's how inspired I am about what I do. It's my belief in what I do. It's how I show up in that sales conversation. It's saying, hey, I truly believe I can get your results. I truly believe this is the space for you, the solution for you, the thing that you need. Yes. And I heard you say about networking. So I wanted to touch on that because I went through, you have a book and an incredible book. And then of course, with your, with your speech that I heard you, I was like, oh my gosh, she just has so much great information. I don't know how I'm going to try to gather it all in, in this one interview. But uh, I know that you say that networking is very important for sales and not to limit your 
yourself only to network with people that you believe will buy your services. Right. So tell me more about this and who should we network with? So I think that's such a common misconception when we think of networking. We're like, okay, I've got to go get in a room full of my ideal clients, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, yes. of course, a great scenario, right? We'd love to be in a room full of buyers. We would all just love that, right? But that's, to me, not really the way networking works. Like the point of networking is to build a network of people, a group of people that you have relationships with, some of whom will become clients, some who maybe become referral partners, some become good friends, some who invite you to collaborate, right? Like this, like think about how I landed here with you, right? I used to work with Lauren Golden a million years ago, right? You wound up, you live in Houston, you wound up going to our event, you met Lauren, you got wrapped up in that community, you came to an event, you met me, right? Like to me, that's networking, right? It's it's really about who do you know and who do they know and how we can connect in that way. And the reason that I think that's so powerful is as I live by this every single day is the more people who know what you do, the more money that you make, right? And I've said that a million times um, when I was teaching sales to new entrepreneurs, because we like, we tend to hide what we're doing. Like we only want to talk to people because, you know, we're afraid that people are going to think we're trying to talk them into things and mm-hmm. selling things. And I'm like, no, tell everybody, this is what I do. This is who I serve. This is how I help. What do you do? Who do you serve? How do you help? I might be able to connect with somebody. I might not, I might know somebody, but when we get really hung up on this idea of like, I can only talk to my ideal client, we miss opportunities, right? So I use the example of like a neighborhood barbecue, right? Maybe you're like, none of my neighbors are my ideal client, Mm -hmm. but you have no idea if maybe your neighbor's sister, you know, your, your podcast editor, right? Maybe your Mm -hmm. neighbor's sister wants to launch a podcast. Like, oh my gosh, my sister just told me yesterday she wanted to launch a podcast. I have to connect you. Right. But if you were like, oh, my neighbor's never gonna launch a podcast, she's a stay-at-home mom. So I'm not gonna tell her what I do for a living. Like that's a missed opportunity. Right. So for me, networking is about building relationships and having a group of people who you can network with and connect with and say, Oh, yeah, you should interview so-and-so on your podcast, or oh, you should meet so-and-so. They should be a guest in your summit of oh, you have this problem. This person 110% can fix that for you. Right. Like that's what's really building a network because if all you're trying to do is sell stuff, you're just trying to sell stuff. And that's fine. I'm never mad about that. Like I love sales. <laughs> but sometimes it's just, it's just networking. It's just building relationships to build relationships. And then another really valuable part of networking, Jessica, that I think is, is really downplayed quite a bit is it's it's practice talking about what you do. So depending on where you are in your business building journey, when you're new to business, it's it's awkward. It never comes out good. Yes. When you first start off, it does. Yeah. It's it's a weird kind of thing. And you're, you're just, yeah. and you feel self-conscious. You're like, oh, I, <laughs> I don't know, you know, right. how to approach people or different things. So I, I like how you're say. saying, just start talking about, right. talk, talking to everybody. <laughs> right. And so like the more that you talk about it, the better that you get. The more that you talk about it, the more you're like, oh, that person asked that question. That person seemed to really like that. Oh, that felt really good. I liked saying that. So for me, networking is just as much about like building the belief in yourself of saying out loud, I'm a business owner, I can help you. Um, But really getting that practice as well, because I would say I never want like your first sales conversation to be with like the perfect dream client, because the first one's probably going to be bad. (laughs) Yes, 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 it is. Right? (laughs) Yeah. And I know that's the way I was when I first started out, you know, I was just nervous. And I I actually didn't even post it on my personal Facebook page. I mean, I never even really told anybody I have my Instagram. So I was trying to keep it separate. And now I'm like, oh, here it is. This is what I do, you know, because you just never know who's going to need your services. And and if they don't, or maybe I know somebody that might need whatever they're doing, you know, so whatever they're needing. I I, I love helping people like that. So if somebody needs somebody, I just within our free mama community, I know so many different people and they're just all amazing. So I know, you know, who to go to for different things. So I I do. I love that. I love that networking part of it, too. So I know, especially, well, everybody, 
new new uh, business owners and people that have been there for a while, mindset issues is a huge thing. Yep. So how important is it to believe in yourself when you are trying to make sales? Because that seems like the biggest thing, the mindset issue for, you know, a lot of us is mm-hmm. what's, what's holding people back from making their sales or, you yeah. know, reaching out to people. Yeah. I mean, I, it all comes back to mindset, right? It all comes back to, to that belief in ourselves, right? Like you asked me, what if the sales is the transfer of inspiration? If you're not inspired, if you don't believe, why is somebody else going to believe in you, right? Like why, it, why is somebody else going to believe that you can get them a result, solve a problem, help them in some way if you don't believe in you? Right. So really having that belief that you can help your clients is super, super important. Really believing the work that you do is valuable is super important. So, you know, it's so funny, Jessica, because if you'd asked me that question five years ago, I would have given you a very different answer. Right. To me, mindset was kind of hokey. It was kind of weird. It was very like rah, rah, you know, it was just about positive thinking. But now that I like really understand our brains and and, and neuroscience and, you know, our, our programs and our beliefs and all these different things. Now it's like, to me, it's one of the most important things that we have to tackle. Because like I said, if you don't believe in yourself, in your product, in your services and your ability to be a business owner, it's going to be a constant struggle. And I'm not saying you will never make money if you don't have like all of this amazing belief in yourself. I'm just saying that like every single day that needs to be part of your routine, right? Is really, how do I create this belief in myself? And sometimes creating belief in yourself is just about showing up every day, right? Maybe you've never signed a client, right? But you're like, I believe I can do this because I'm showing up every day. I'm networking every day. I'm you know posting on social media. I'm connecting with new people. I'm talking to people about my business. Like We have to build belief. It's not something that happens overnight, but it is something that we have to do every day. Yes. And I think just the more you put yourself out there Mm -hmm. is the more that you get confidence. And then you, like you're saying, you know, you believe in yourself because you're just getting out there. And just like the first time you go on a Zoom call or even on a live or something, I mean, you're just nervous and you just don't know, you know, what you're going to say. And then after a while, you're like, oh, whatever, let me just go on and say whatever and post, you know, post things, of course, that's relevant to your to your business, but just kind of, you know, you're not like overthinking it. So just little by little, your confidence grows, which, you know, helps you believe in yourself. So, okay. So all these things are from the book. I want to let my audience know about your book because it's called the hundred hundred K sales method. And there's so many amazing things that I just, I just can't touch on them on them, but I will be putting that link in the show notes for you Thank you, so because I think there's just so much value in this book and so many things. But another thing that you talked about was, could you describe why people buy? So, because I'm pretty sure most of us are getting it wrong when we are offering our services. So I know that's one of the big things that I remember reading about and remember hearing you talk about. So, yeah. Uh, so, pe- so people buy, you know, I always say that people buy for their reasons, not for ours, right? And so we often think that I'm going to use your expertise as an example, right? That people, you know, they hire a podcast manager because they want to launch a podcast and they don't know how to edit, right? Like that's what we think. Logically, we should hire a podcast manager because we don't know how to edit. And on the surface, that might be why right? Somebody is looking for a podcast manager. But if you really dig down into the layers of that, like it's why did they start a podcast to begin with, right? Like that's really why they're hiring a podcast manager. It's the story that they think that they want to tell, right? It's the message that they want to share with the world. It's the conversations that they want to have with people. That's really what they, they think, you know, that they think that they want. So I always say that people buy based on emotion and they justify with logic. And we spend a whole lot of time logically talking about our services and our offers. 
logically, it makes sense to hire a virtual assistant to, to, to save time, right? Logically, it makes sense to hire a podcast manager because you don't have the expertise. Logically, it makes sense to hire a business coach because you don't know how to run a business, right? But most of us aren't making logical decisions day to day, right? We're making emotional decisions, right? What are we going to do with that time that that virtual assistant is giving back to us, right? What are we, again, what I share with the podcast example, how many people are going to hear your story because you're you're sharing, you know, because of the podcast that you launched? Uh, how many lives are you going to change because of the business that you launched, right? So we focus so much on the, the outcome and the result and, and bro marketing tells us to do this, right? Sell the outcome, sell the outcome. And for me, I'm selling the, the transformation, right? Who do you get to become on this journey? And so it really is an emotional reason. And I don't care what you're selling, right? I've worked with bookkeepers and accountants and they're like, well, nobody, you know, it's just, it's just bookkeeping. I'm like, there is nothing more emotionally charged than money, right? Like giving somebody access to all of your bank accounts is terrifying. Like, tell me that's not an emotional buying decision, right? So it, for me, it's really like people buy based on emotion. They buy based on the way they feel. They buy based on what they think they're going to get by making that investment or what it's going to allow them to do, not just because of the logical reasons why they're cutting a check. Yes. And I remember you saying that when you were talking to us at the Free Mama Life. And then when I was preparing for this interview, I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that. You know, that's what I need to be focusing on, you know, on that side, the emotion side and stuff. And so it's a great, I wanted to make sure that, you know, our, the people that are listening know to do that, you know, instead of like you were saying, the result that's going to happen, this is why, you know, the emotion behind the result or why you want that result. (laughs) So, yes, yes. Okay. So I know a lot of people, of course, that's why my podcast is called what's your niche Uh or niche. And so they're looking for their perfect niche. Mm-hmm. And some people, they think they found it and then they realize, okay, this wasn't the right thing. But then they're feeling bad because they're like, oh, I put in all this effort and stuff and money into learning this, but now I'm going to switch. And, you know, I've already told people I'm doing this. So how do you feel about that? I know you mentioned something about burning down your yeah, business. I so I don't know if you could touch on that and, and give us, you know, like your view on changing around your niches or just switching up your idea of what business that you really want to focus on. So here, I believe strongly in reinvention. It's one of our core values at Be In The Room is that we have the opportunity to reinvent ourselves over and over and over again, right? Society has sold us this idea that we're supposed to pick a career at the age of 18, go to school, accrue all of this debt, and then get a job and stay in that job until we die, right? Like that's literally the path that's painted. We all know that that's changing, but that's still very much the American dream. And that's the way it's sold. And for me, it's like, no, you can reinvent yourself as often as you want to and need to, because if you you stay in something that you don't love, that's not aligned, that doesn't light you up, that doesn't get you excited, you're not going to be as successful as you could be. And I'm not saying you won't have any success because I am proof that one can have success in a space where it's not like, OMG, this is what God put me on this planet to do, right? You can absolutely positively have success, but at what cost, right? So say you choose the niche of, you know, copywriting and you start copywriting and you find that you hate copywriting, but you're making money copywriting, you know, at some point in time, you're going to get burned out. You're going to get tired of it. The quality of your work is going to start to suffer, right? Like all of those things are going to happen because, because you don't love what you're doing, right? So I would rather somebody say, Hey, you know what? Copywriting's not really my jam. I kind of hate it, but through copywriting, I have learned that I really like helping people figure out how to tell their story. 
right? So the one thing I did like about copywriting is getting people to really talk about what are the stories, what are the pillars, what goes into the copy that they're writing, right? That's what I want to do. Like a hundred percent, make that switch all day, every day. I think that that's important. And I think that we forget that like, there are no rules, right? Like this is our life. You only get one life to live. Like there are no rules. And like, you must do this one thing. But here is my asterisk to that. And I think this is super, super important, Jessica, is ask yourself why you want to make a change. Because so often we are making changes because we think that it will be easier, you know, when we do this, right? And to me, that's not a reinvention. That's, okay, well, I couldn't, I didn't really nail it as a, you know, a copywriter. So I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to do this instead, or I'm going to do that instead. So for me, there's reinvention is in like, this is not aligned to my soul. I do not like this work. It does not light me up. I feel like I'm not serving my clients to the best of my ability versus I think that actually copywriting is kind of hard and it's hard to find copywriting clients and nobody really wants to pay for good copy. So I'm Mm going to go be a podcast manager because those people get paid more and people know that that's a higher paying talent. So I'm going to go learn how to be a podcast manager. So for me, there's the difference between like reinvention for like true soul alignment and changing our mind because we think it will be easier. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, started off as like a social media manager. Which really, it, it it always makes me laugh because I'm not a big post person. I don't do a lot of posts. So so for me to have been doing that, and I actually got pretty good at it, sure. but yes, it didn't light me up at all. Right. So I was like, oh my goodness. And I've done, you know, several other things until I came to this and I love it. I love, like I told you, I love listening to people's stories. Yeah. I love to hear people talk. I just, I love, I think people are just interesting and their life is just interesting. So I like to, you know, live and learn through them. But yes, yes. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yes. So now before we go, I wish I could keep you like forever because I would honestly go through each chapter of this book and make you go through it with me. But uh, before we go, please tell our listeners how they can find you and how they can work with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for this conversation. So, so where can you find us? We are at beintheroom.org. Uh, we have a Facebook group called Be In The Room um, that we would love to connect with you on. And how clients work for me. So like I said, I don't really play too much in the sales space anymore other than like super high touch one-on-one consulting, building a lot of pieces for our clients. What we do right now is, like I said, our conscious leadership collective, which is really a space for, I say, smart, high achieving, successful women to come together and have open and honest and vulnerable conversations that don't feel safe to have elsewhere. So if you are somebody who is in that phase of business where you're like, okay, I'm no longer a beginner. I'm not sure that it's more coaching that I need but I really want to be surrounded by other people. I find that inspiring. I find it helpful. I find it fun. That's really, you know, who, who we bring together because we're not a coaching community, right? There is no blueprint. There is no how-to guide. It really is just a space of peer-to-peer education, learning from one another, inspiring one another, networking, building that community and that network of people that we talked about so much, but in a really powerful, intentional way. Yes. And I went, I was looking at it uh, earlier and I was like, oh my gosh, this is just a really amazing community or the way what you have on your website. Now is the community, is it a free community on Facebook or is that a paid community? Our Facebook community is completely free. Our Facebook group is completely free. Our paid mastermind is, you know, we actually have that community off of Facebook. We have a lot of other assets and stuff and you can go to be in the room.org forward slash join. 
Uh, we do have an application process and our application process is really just to protect the integrity of the community. One of the things that I feel very, it feels like a very big responsibility when God put this on my heart, but to really make sure that we have, you know, brought together the right women and that the people are there for the right reasons and um, that they're really going to get a ton of value and add a ton of value to the community. Okay, great. And I also noticed that I, I went and searched you. And I noticed you also have a podcast. So I listened to a couple of the episodes and they were really great. So, uh, and it's also called Be In The Room. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's kind of funny. And I'm going to share this with you. We we have retired. I, well, I've never, I've never really retired anything altogether. We're actually <laughs> no longer producing podcast episodes. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it was one of the things that I felt... It just became like a to-do list thing, Jessica. Like it wasn't fun for me anymore. And my team and I sat down and really started assessing like what content are we creating and what do we enjoy creating? What's actually moving the needle for us? All of that stuff and really... Yeah, and I know that's what happened to Lauren also. Yeah, yeah. Lauren yes, yes, yes. and everybody has to do what yeah. she enjoys doing YouTube. And, and you know. for me, I just, I like I said, it'll probably come back at some point in time because I do have a lot to say. But I, the reason I wanted to share that with you all is because I think so often, like, again, we start things and we're like, oh my God, I got to do this thing until I die. Yes. And, and no, sometimes, and sometimes it's a pause. Sometimes it's a kill it off forever. Sometimes it's a not right now. Sometimes we use this in different ways. But I did, it was one of those things that like I started a podcast for the Be In The Room brand because that's what I'd done in my previous brands, but it wasn't really a strategic move. It wasn't a move that was really lighting me up at the beginning of launching this. I, I didn't know exactly what my message was yet anyway. And so it just felt like another thing to my to-do list. So we killed it. And the reason I want to share that with you, and I, I love that Lauren talks so much about that too, is that, yes, mm-hmm. we think that we have to do all the things we have to be all of the places. And if, again, if it's just like I said, with a reinvention, if it's not lighting you up, if it's not exciting, if it's not something you enjoy doing, it's probably not getting you the result that you want anyway. Yes. Yes. Well, Ryan, it was such a pleasure you interviewing you today and you gave us so many great ideas and so many, you know, great information for my audience. And I'm just really happy that you were able to come on and let me interview you. Awesome. Well, thank you for the time and the invitation. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a review below and send me a DM on Instagram to let me know. If you're ready to start a podcast, or if you think podcast management or editing is something you would like to niche down and do, make sure to schedule a free consultation with me. The link is below in the show notes. I hope you all have a wonderful day, and I'll talk to you next time.